and we can have faith that you will do that continue in the future. Father, we thank you that you are the same God. Father, we pray your presence will be felt here this morning. We pray that as our children and youth go, that you will be with them. Pray your presence will just overwhelm that children's barn this morning, be with our volunteers down there. Father, we just thank you for loving us and thank you for being here with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Kids and youth, you are dismissed. Yes, please. Thank you. Well, after that evacuation, we got a nice little small group this morning. Well, I am not your pastor, and you'll be hearing from him later, so things will be just a little bit different this morning um, as we celebrate our anniversary. Uh, but I have the uh, privilege and blessing to talk about our missionary partners. As Matt mentioned, we give 50% of our budget is designated to missions, and of that um, 50%, Roughly around 25% of it this year is designated to monthly support of our missionary partners. And we have eight of them, so I'll be talking about them a little bit this morning. In case you don't know who they are, try to introduce you to them and what they do in our community, across the country, and around the world. And when I think about missionaries, a verse comes to mind that Dallas spoke on uh, just a few weeks ago. It's uh, John chapter 13, verse 34, and these are the words of Jesus, and he says, I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. And although that verse applies to each and every one of us here, missionaries have a special calling on their life, and they, they go, some of them just across the street, but they love on the people that God has called them to do. And it's an amazing thing, and it's, it's infectious. And I'll get back to that in just a little bit. Well, let's meet some of them. We have three local partners, LXI. This is led by Damon Johnson. And while I'm talking, there will be some pictures come up of projects that they do and how they're engaging with their people. Um, and so Damon's up there right now. He heads up LXI. LXI is the Roman numeral 61. And that comes, they use that as... Um, out of Isaiah chapter 61, and that is really the mission statement of Jesus. And it talks about um, coming to preach the good news to the poor, binding up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and renew cities that have been devastated. This is the goal and the heart of LXI. And what they do, they um, engage at-risk, middle, and high school students, and they just really engage them right where they are. So they'll go to their ball games, they'll go to concerts, um, band performances with them, they'll host events at the center, they'll host basketball games, they'll host um, after school parties or time for them, a quiet place, a safe place for the students to do their homework. They have block parties where they have games, treats, they even offer haircuts. Um, you may have seen that one up there. And so all of this is to build relationships that opens the door to share the gospel. And then we have Engaged Tri-Cities. 
led by John Anderson. The Andersons are working in the Lynn Garden community of Kingsport with a desire to see churches and businesses come together. John says that by working together, we can see the cycle of homelessness, addiction, and government housing, housing ended. Together, we see the hopeless find hope in Jesus. And what John and uh, his wife do, they kind of have like a little three-tiered type program to working with folks that have addictions. And so they provide them housing, for one, to get them out of where they're living. A lot of them are homeless and don't have a job. Or where they are working, they're working with other people that are into drugs, into having, having issues. And so to remove them from that is their number one goal. And so they provide housing for that. And then as they see progress, then they're able to charge them rent, give them a job. They work to help clean the properties up, to renovate. And then as they become clean and are strong and ready to go back, they go back into the uh, workforce and can find housing on their own. And so they are making a huge impact in the Kingsport area. Recovering Soldiers is our third local partner, and Dallas is gonna to speak to that towards the end of the service. Uh, he works with them on a regular basis, so we'll be hearing about that from him. Now we stretch on over to the um, Mexico border in South Texas with Mission Evangelism. Juan Curling and his brother run this, and some of you were a part of the uh, mission trip back in, family, or in February. Uh, but Juan has been a friend of our church for many, many years, even before Grace Meadows. He was a friend with some of our church uh, members, and um, they do an awesome work down there. They have a Christian school and a missionary training facility down there. Juan and his brother are just incredible. They've been a blessing to us, too. They've come up here and have spoke to us um, over the last year or so. Um, another, just another great missionary partner there in uh, Donna, Texas. And then our four international partners are Vessel of Honor Ministry. This is led by Stephen McKay. Um, Stephen and their goal is to reach the unreached with the gospel and to take care of orphans. And uh, Stephen and his ministry does an awesome job of this. Stephen has a gift of evangelism. He gave me enough material to talk for two hours to you today. So I'm not going to do that, but there are some pamphlets in the back. Please come by and get one of those to learn more about Stephen. But he uses his gift of evangelism to go into places where very few foreigners have ever been. Um, if you hear stories about from him, um, you, you really want to join him if you're into leaving the country because he's amazing. And uh, he just he takes the word to places. I read through this brochure. Um, there's over 3 billion people that haven't heard the gospel. And Stephen feels called to go and share the gospel with people that have not heard. He'll have five to 10,000 people at his crusades. Just does an incredible work. And he's got a couple of orphanages, one in Myanmar. Wasn't even sure where that was. I had to Google that. Um, and then that's in Asia, and he's got one in Kenya, and they're working on building another one this upcoming year. Um, just, just a wonderful work there. Come by, and he is, he's infectious. When I said that, I was talking to him Friday, and uh, uh, he said, yeah, well, 
He said, I got to go. I got to go mow my yard. It's going to take me about three hours. And, but it's a good time because I get to listen to uh, other messages and sermons. I was about ready to go and start mowing his yard with him. I mean, this guy is, uh, is incredible. We, we really love Stephen and his family. Um, next up there is Corey and Brooke of YWAM, um, Youth with a Mission. If you're not familiar with them, they train up missionaries um, and send out teams all over the world. I talked to um, Brooke last week, and she said, yeah, she said, we're really just tired. She said, you know, they do about um, send out 20 to 60 teams every three months. And uh, she said, we just finished one up, and we've got another one coming tomorrow. So they, they are very busy at training missionaries. Um, they work out of the um, base, the training facility in Kona, Hawaii. And Brooke and Corey have traveled the world over the last 20 years, been to about 40 different countries um, themselves. And then this summer, they are headed to Malaysia and uh, Cambodia, Cam- Cambodia, rather, combined Colombian, some other country, but sorry about that. <laughs> Cambonia, uh, when Dallas gets up here, he'll fix anything I mess up. We're trusting that this morning. Anyway, so Brooke and Corey with YWAM, and uh, they're just a blessing and and train a lot of people to go out and share the gospel. One of our new partners was introduced to us by Ira, uh, Dave and Barbara Crossman. They serve in the country of Moldova if I said that correctly. And, um, but their ministry changed back in February last year when Ukraine was invaded by Russia. Um, and so they began working uh, very closely with refugees coming out of Ukraine. Um, one of the pictures is a house that they have that is now has over 100 women and children living in it. Their houses were destroyed with uh, Russian bombs. And David spends a lot of his time taking care packages of food and necessities back into Ukraine. So he's on the road traveling a lot, going back and forth from Ukraine to uh, Moldova. One of the neat things he told Ira recently was he said, our house is always full. I think that exemplifies what they are doing. They are loving on people, taking care of people. I remember when uh, talking to David about the same thing um, last year, and he said, we just invite them in. We serve them a meal and then we just fellowship with them. And just building that relationship, opening that door to talk about Christ and, ce- and, and celebrating that. And so David and uh, Barbara do a great work um, right now serving Ukraine uh, immigrants. And then our last one that I'll be talking about is Pastor Caesar in Haiti. Um, I've known him for many, many years. Um, and uh, Caesar does a great work in Haiti. He is a, a Haitian uh, low native, loves his people, and has, you know, has had an opportunity to leave Haiti to come to the States. And yes, his life would be easier, be safer, but it's not what God's called him to do. God's called him to love on his people, and, uh, and, that, and, and that's what he does. And he oversees seven churches in Haiti, seven schools, and um, they, they feed the kids when they come to school. And uh, they give him a great education, a Christian education. He runs some of the best schools in the country. His kids score incredibly great on all the, uh, on, on the tests. And then he does a lot of work with his pastors that he oversees. 
They have crusades. This roof here, Grace Meadows helped build and on that facility, and then they host crusades several times a year where he brings his pastors in, week-long crusades of just teaching, training, and worship. And so we're just grateful to you, the church, for your support because it's because of you that we were able to, to do so much and to help so many missionaries around the world. Um, I just want to pray for them this morning, and then we got some more anniversary-type stuff coming up. David will be up here, and then Dallas will close us out. But let's pray. Father, we thank you. We just thank you for this church, Father. We are so grateful for Grace Meadows, Father, and for the people that are in here, these, inside these four walls. Father, for what they, they do and how they give. Father, we thank you for being here on the farm and what that allows us to do. Uh, Father, I lift up our, our missionaries today. Father, as I was thinking about this earlier this morning, I just couldn't shake the fact that we need to pray for their safety. Father, we know we got some working in a war zone. We've got some working in a country like Haiti that has real no leadership. The gangs are overtaking it. It's really not safe. We got others on the border of Mexico. Father, we got others training people to go out to places that are not open to the gospel. We've got an evangelist that travels at once to get the word to people that have never heard from you. We got people working in downtown, in our cities, inner cities. And Father, we just pray that you will protect them. Father, keep them safe as they go out. Keep them safe as they work. And we thank you for them. And Father, even today as they are gathering in churches, I pray your spirit is there and that you will move in a mighty way and that people around the world today will be impacted. And we love you and we thank you, Father, for all you're doing through the life of the church. In Jesus' name, amen. David? Thank you, Craig. Give Craig a big round of applause. Well, I'm David Eldridge. I'm uh, one of your elders here at the church, and um, it's great to celebrate going into the eighth year of Grace Meadows. And uh, I'm going to talk about the reason why today, why we were able to give so much to missions, and just part of this church being such faithful servants. Um, my brother Dan and sister-in-law Tammy, they, uh, I, get to, I get to say something about them today that they would definitely never want me to say, but they went to the kids' barn, so I get to say something about them today. <laughs> so they don't watch any YouTube videos, they don't even have a TV, so I think I'm good as long as you all don't say anything. Um, you know, we've talked about this church is uh, so unusual about being able to give 50% to missions and and all you guys are give so much, uh, you know, above and beyond. And a couple of reasons why we're able to do that. One, a big one is through Dan and Tammy's generosity, not only that, but their obedience to God, that they let this church 
use this whole farm, all these facilities, for absolutely zero money. So let's give them a big thank you for that. He would kill, absolutely kill me if he knew I said that about him, but it'll be all right. Um, another reason, another big reason why this church is able to give so much to missions is because of the volunteers here at the church. We have only one full-time employee and three part-time employees. So a church this size with just that on payroll is almost unheard of. And one of the big reasons is because Dallas works so hard. He's, he's like four people. And then the other ladies that, uh, that work so hard, uh, just putting in a few hours a week on the payroll, you know, they do the work of two or three women, each one of them. And uh, we just need to give a big thank you to them right now. And, but another big reason is all of you guys. The volunteers in this, that we have at this church is amazing. Right now, down in that kid's barn, upstairs and downstairs, there's so many, so many folks down there working right now with those kids and the youth. Uh, Katie and Paige, Paige is sitting right over here. Uh, wow. How they run that kid's barn and take care of things is absolutely amazing. And they, uh, man, they are, they are owed so much. We got Matt downstairs with the youth, uh, just a faithful servant down there every Sunday. Uh, Cassie helps. There may be another or two that helps down there, but uh, that youth ministry has grown unbelievably, you know. We've been, they've been having as many as 40 and 50 youth down there on a Sunday. Much less upstairs than the kids. You know, there's been anywhere from 70 to 80. So it takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of volunteers that are just pouring out of their heart, being faithful to God, using their gifts to, uh, you know, to serve at this church. I just want to mention a few here. Uh, like as I mentioned, Katie and Paige, the job they're doing with the kids and and Matt and Cassie uh, with the youth. Uh, another big reason here at the church is our worship team. Wow, what a worship team we have. All volunteers, you know who you are. They're here every Sunday morning between 7.30 and 8 o'clock for practice while a lot of people still in the bed. They're up here getting with it, practicing and preparing um, to, uh, for the service. And uh, Wednesday, Wednesday nights, they're, they're here early, getting things ready, practicing. And, uh, well, the worship team couldn't do it without the sound team and all the guys run the slides. We've got, uh, we've got uh, Travis, David, Steve, Luke, Patrick that are here day in and day out. Right when, this, when the worship team's here, they're here. So they're behind the scenes. They need a lot of credit, too. Uh, got Tara Lorenzen. She is over the ladies' ministry. Uh, she does, wow, what a job she does. And she gets in here and speaks. 
Man, is she a, an obedient and faithful servant to God? That is for sure, sitting right there. We, uh, we just have so many, uh, so much goes on behind the scenes here that, that are, it's never seen on a Sunday or Wednesday night, and I just want to mention a few of those uh, that are just here every week, just getting things done, and uh, Tom Foster here every morning, 7 o'clock, making coffee, bringing everything up from the kids' barn for, so we can have breakfast. We got Ron Googe that every Sunday brings in the donuts and those wonderful cheddar rounds. I mean, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got greeters. They're here day in and day out. Don, Dale, Pam, Ted, every Sunday morning you'll see them greeting. Um, the Metal Arcs, our senior ministry, got Joel and Jean that's just faithful in and providing activities and things to do for those guys, and we're so thankful for them. Uh, Wednesday nights for our, uh, when we have our meals, um, there's a lot that goes into that that's never seen. We've got uh, Michelle, Mike, and Kaylee Basil that's here every Wednesday, 3.30 to 4 o'clock in the basement of the kids' barn. They're down there preparing everything, making tea, getting everything, bringing everything up here to where we can have a nice meal on Wednesday nights. Uh, you know, just things like that, you know, that they're just so dedicated, and uh, we just need to give them a big round of applause. <laughs> you know, our Wednesday night meals, uh, you know, we set up two lines to get people through the line much quicker, and uh, we've always have a group of, of people that are that are working the line, you know, so you can go in there and sit down and have a have a have a good time. We got Kim and Tanya and Tom, Travis, Tony, Julie, Keith, Craig, Luke, Alex, and so many others that are there every Wednesday night, just serving serving you as you come through and and doing it with gladness, doing it because they want to do it, not because they have to do it, because they want to do it. They just want to serve. We can always use extra people to help on that. If you come in Wednesday night and you decide that you want to get up there and serve some food, just grab a pair of gloves and just jump right in. You don't have to ask anybody. Just throw you on you a pair of gloves and, and get her done. So we're always looking for people to do that so we can kind of switch out, give the regulars a break. Uh, to go along with Wednesday night, the tables and chairs out there where we eat, they don't magically just appear. We've got some guys that come in here on Wednesday mornings at 8 o'clock, 7 through 8 o'clock, that are here every Wednesday morning and comes in here and volunteers and just sets every bit of that up. We've got, we've got uh, Don, Dale, Ted, Sam, and Jimmy, and uh, they have done that for so, so many years, and they do it out of the goodness of their heart because they just want to serve. Let's give them a big round of applause. Uh, you know, the, this facility is multifunctional here. It's, of course, a restaurant, uh, wedding venue, uh, parties, uh, birthday parties, just, just, you know, there's a lot of things that goes on here. And with that said, you know, um, we have to do a lot as far as setup for Wednesday and Sunday's chairs. A lot of times when the weddings are going on, all this, every bit of this has to be removed. And... Uh, for Saturday, Friday and Saturday weddings or whatever whatever function they're having here. So 
Uh, you know, once again, this doesn't magically appear on Sunday mornings either. So, <laughs> so we have a group of guys that uh, come in at 6.30, 7 o'clock on Sunday mornings, you know. Um, 7 o'clock, Bennett, who, who thinks you're going to be at church at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning? You know, other people see them. But we've got some, we got some folks that absolutely love, I'm one of them, that love to get in here, early risers, get in here and work and, uh, and just put everything up, just get it done because at 8 o'clock, Whitney and her team, uh, they're going to be up here practicing. So, you know, it's, uh, and we're always looking for people <clears throat> to, uh, that's another way that you can serve some of you guys that uh, looking for something else to do. Uh, as far as serving at the church, we can always use extra people to uh, to help get this done. Uh, you know, got a great group of elders and deacons here. You know, they're they're just, you know, they're giving of their time. Uh, elders, we meet every every other Wednesday for two or three hours, and wow, we have you guys have a great group of elders here. Uh, you know, just serving you guys, and and uh, very very fortunate for that, and a great group of deacons that are uh, just serving and doing everything they can to help. And uh, with all that said, uh, we are always needing more people that's willing to serve. Uh, you know, Jesus, he was not only a teacher, Jesus was a servant. And we just, uh, especially in the kids' barn, uh, you know, just growing so many kids. Uh, Paige is... She's always needing extra help, so that is one big need that we have right now is in the kids' barn for extra help. Um, but uh, it brings you joy. It brings me joy. You know, I get more out of serving than I think I do the people I'm helping or whatever I'm doing. It it, it just my it just gives me gladness in my heart and. Uh, and I know it does all the others who are serving. And, and if you're not serving or if you want to serve in any way, uh, it's a blessing to you. There's no doubt about that. It will be a blessing to you. And, and so, um, Paige, if you want to get uh, uh, hooked into the kids' barn, by all means, see Paige. She's sitting right away. Paige, right over here. Stand up. No, stand up for a second so everybody can see you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, see me, see Dallas, see one of the other elders uh, or deacons. Uh, it's Matt, uh, the other elders are Matt Lorenzen, Travis Googe, uh Craig Cheshire, and uh, Mark Frangione. So uh, please, you know, if you're willing to serve, if you have the time to serve, it'll certainly uh, strengthen your walk with, with the Lord. I, I promise you that. Thank you. Morning. You know, there's one person he left out. <laughs> and of course he did. This is probably the last person on earth that he would come up here and thank. But David Eldridge, I've learned so much under your leadership without grumbling. I mean, this guy comes in and it truly is a joy for him to serve. And so I've learned so much from you. So thank you, David, for all you do. Uh, 
A uh, couple things real quick. I'm just going to hit on a couple of missionary partners that I've worked a little bit more closely with, and then um, we're going to read a verse, and then we're going to do one more song in worship. Uh, I want to talk about recovery soldiers, so Craig mentioned that briefly. We just started partnering with them. This is a uh, an inpatient drug rehab facility that centers everything around the Christian faith, and so it's been a very, very powerful thing. The Holy Spirit has been very present there. I teach a uh, a parenting class every other week there, and a guy came up to me after class, the very first class I did, and he said, all right, I hear what you're saying. I need to be involved in my kid's life. He said, I got 11 kids and seven moms of those kids. He said, where do I start? I said, boy, I don't even know. <laughs> right? <laughs> but since that time, he's given his life to Jesus, and man, he is different. In one conversation at a time, he's sort of reconciling some of these relationships. So God is doing a ton at Recovery Soldiers. Also, at the end of last year, we gave uh, close to $25,000 to Lifelight Missions um, of Uganda. Godfrey Wanyama, some of you maybe met him last summer. Uh, he came here to the States, and um, they've started a school. So in Uganda, you have to pay to go to school. So a lot of the kids in that orphanage have been paying to go to uh, an Islamic school or a different kind of school like that. And, uh, and so it's been his dream to build a school so that the kids can get a Christian education, and not only that, but bring other kids into this school to get a Christian education as well. And they just broke ground on that this week. So that's really, really good news. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, Appalachia Service Project, I won't spend much time here. Uh, Matt already talked about the house in gray, but we did also, after the floods in Kentucky last year, uh, we did help sort of raise that, that first house back up after the Kentucky floods. And so thank you all for everybody who went up there and helped with that. That was a really, really awesome thing. Also, we just started a partnership with Good Samaritan Ministries. This week, I toured the facility with Aaron Murphy, who leads uh, Good Samaritan Ministries. And what they do essentially is they, they feed the hungry. They feed the, the low-income families, and not just feed, but any kind of needs that they have, clothing or getting back on their feet and stuff like that. Um, and so I was able to tour that. I think that's going to be a really good partnership for us moving forward. And y'all, God has done so much in our church, in our community over the last year. I mean, you think about it. I mean, there are things that I don't think we even saw coming. I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, how many people, how many life change stories have we seen really even just since November? How many baptisms have we seen? Even your pastor was baptized. Anybody see that coming? If you're a guest here, you're like, what? Man, God has done so much. He's raised leaders Life groups are going really, really well. I mean, God is active. And I think for us, really, part, part of the Christian faith is just noticing and just celebrating and, and providing gratitude to see and notice the things that God's doing. And I think about our eighth year. You know, I love to reflect on the past and celebrate and have gratitude for those things, but I love to also think about the future. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I'm going to read this from Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Y'all, the future's bright. If God is in it, there's going to be good things that happen.
don't know about you guys, but like my imagination kind of, I have kind of a crazy imagination sometimes. Like sometimes I'll think about coming up on this stage and I'll be teaching and the Holy Spirit will just like slay everybody, right? And you'll leave here and all these amazing things will happen and stuff like that. And this passage says that that's nothing compared to what God is actually going to do. So for us, let's dream big, knowing that those dreams are really nothing compared to what he's actually going to do. And maybe in your own life here today, maybe that needs to be true. Maybe you thought, man, you know, there's a sin habit that I have, and it just, it's, it's never going to end. Maybe God is not only going to end it, but you're going to be the person that he's going to speak through for other people exponentially more than you can imagine. And maybe you have a kid who's strayed away and you think, no, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen now. Believe it can happen and good things will come from it. Maybe you've thought, man, my, my heart is so broken right now. And I just, I don't know that God can ever heal it. Well, how about he'll heal it and he'll grow it and it will be full one day. Because that's the God that we have. He's in the healing business and so today, as we leave here, let's, let's dream for this eighth year. God did so much in the seventh year, and the eighth year, I believe, is going to be even better. Now, in Ephesians 3, before that, he says, our job is to establish and be rooted in love. It's his power. He's going to do things for us moving forward. Let's be rooted in love. And to be rooted means, like, we're not going to sway when when desires come and passions come and situations come and all these things, we're, we're just not going to be swayed by it because we're rooted in love. And as we're rooted in love, let's watch what he's going to do in this eighth year. Because the seventh year was pretty awesome, was it not? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're such an active God. Like we read the scriptures and you did so much throughout the scriptures, but yet that same Holy Spirit, he is still here living within us, and I pray for a little bit of belief that you're going to do way more than we could ever even ask or imagine, because you say in the scriptures that that's true, and so I, I pray here today that you'll give us a little bit of belief that that's true, and what's cool about it to me is I don't even know what that looks like, I don't even know, but I know your power is beyond my comprehension. And so we pray that you'll work and you'll be active. And Father, help us in our part in it. Help us to be rooted, rooted, deep, deep roots in love. Father, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen.